We love horror movies from the 70s and 80s And we watch them for two days straight And then we go write a book Now we're looking back at every title One at a time in this podcast that we put out monthly Once we've had an episode for every movie It's time to meet up for another shock marathon Alright, the red record button is red which means that we are recording an exciting edition of um shock marathons podcast i'm here with, with charlie roxburgh hey tom scalzo hello and charlie tell us the title of this movie and what you did to make this an interactive podcast right well the title that we know it by is cheerleader camp and it's the title that i saw in the video stores when i was a kid iconic cover with a cheerleader body and like skull head illustrated very nice so i thought that that was a pretty good cover cheerleader is a tempting word and camp is a you know word that isn't a lot of horror movies but you know apparently when they filmed it it was under the name bloody pom-poms which (laughs) which kind of seems it's seriously almost seems like one of those saturday the 14th uh like joke horrors or you know, it's kind of it's kind of too. I don't really like it. This, I like things that don't go together, but I don't like that instance of things not going together. And uh, we just did a little poll on Twitter to see who liked uh, which title better. And the people there weren't a lot of them, but the the loyal, awesome people who voted picked bloody pom poms. Um, shocking! Wow. Yeah, disapp- I'm disappointed in our people, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> It is shocking. I'm I'm thinking of making this a private podcast so that these <laughs> these people <laughs> with their bad taste can't listen. <laughs> just kidding. They're just kidding. I appreciate everyone uh, taking part. So uh, that's that's interesting to know. And um, this movie uh, this movie starts with a dream, which usually mm-hmm. usually a bad idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we in fact have pretty much made a rule of of. Well, it's bad many times, but at the start, it's probably extra bad yeah. to, to just rely on these dream scenes. Oh, it does, never works. So we got uh, a girl in the locker room late for her cheerleading performance. She slips in the mud uh, as she's running out the, the to the field. The announcer mocks her a bit. Her disapproving parents are in the stands. At one point, she, she says, I need love, please, uh, before resuming uh, her cheer. It's emotional. And then... <laughs> something slices her arm and then she wakes up in the van and uh turns out this the main girl what's her name Vic, Allison uh, Al, uh, it was Allison, Allison and she's got major problems um yes and she was getting sliced by these pom-poms which are like razor pom-poms somehow they don't really show that there are knives in them but they can cut Mm-hmm. I don't know. Doesn't well, work for me. The whole vibe is bad, and um, and it's a tough start. It's a tough start to cheerleader. They did camp. sneak in a little bit of half nudity though, which is kind of funny because she has to in her dream she has to get changed to go <laughs> perform yeah. as a cheerleader. They're like, well, you're on the way through the locker room, so switch it up real quick. I like when she sips in the mud and the audience boos. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, what the heck? So now we're in the van, and it's uh, four girls and two guys. Uh, I guess they're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Is it ever uh, uh, clarified, Tom? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, the the lead is is like forty, so it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to know how old they are. It's interesting that they didn't clarify. We have yeah. a we have this giantly obese guy named Timmy uh, in the passenger seat, and he is so unpleasant. Just <laughs> everything about him, Charlie. Most fantastic thing Tom wrote in the book that Timmy. Although you, he is unpleasant, Tom notes that he is our moral compass. <laughs> so uh, he's important. That's so true. Yeah, and our moral compass at the beginning of the movie sticks his gigantic naked butt in the win- in the passenger's window as they're arriving at camp, and it's horrible. And this is supposed to be uh, comedy, I guess. I guess. Leaf. It's ga- failed comedy. Yeah. I think the rule of, of mooning is you Don't moon people it. as you're passing them, not when you're parking. <laughs> that, that's the rule, because then you're just sitting there, and everyone's <laughs> looking at your butt, so, and you can't get out. Timmy's, yeah. and the other rule of mooning is don't do it in movies. <laughs> um, Leaf Garrett, oh, Charlie. Right as they're pulling up, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I, I, I noticed it on the second time. Um, there's a, one of the characters says, we have to win this competition. I'd hate to think about going back. Allison says mm. that. And then Leif Garrett, the driver, says, there is no going back. <laughs> Which, well, I'm not teasing it that much. That was kind of okay. Because like, I don't know. Some te- someone might say that about a te- uh, competition of cheerleading, but uh, it was and a little just, bit of foreshadowing. I want to just, just plant the seed now of, of the importance placed on this competition <laughs> Once we discuss what the actual competition is later. Yes, let's wait. Let's wait because <laughs> yeah, okay. just keep in mind how much pressure they are putting on under themselves. For this. Oh. <laughs> and how little logistics and judging and everything that would make it look like a real competition are present. Yeah. So, so Leif Garrett, uh, what is Le- Leif Garrett was a heartthrob in the 70s? Is that right? What was he famous for? I don't even know. Charlie? Uh, some pop songs. So, and and they they got him, they got him out of the gutter to be in this movie, and um, he he's the big name. So, he he immediately he's dating Allison, but he's immediately um wooing uh other women it seems. But oh, uh, this is an example of the worst writing on earth. Leaf tries to introduce himself to Dee Dee. Her name's Dee Dee, right? The lady in charge, and um, yep. he says, "Hi, we're uh." And then Dee Dee jumps in and says, late. And, oh, oh, it just it feels written and bad. So it's a bad combination of, of things. Um, she takes attendance. Unknowingly, uh, she's right next to Timmy's butt, who's st- still stuck in the window. He farts, and, every, and everyone lightheartedly giggles at that, and she slaps his butt with the, the clipboard. And it turns out that's all it took. To, <laughs> to free him. To free him. <laughs> he was stuck in the window. She lightly taps him with the clipboard, and then, oh, Timmy's not stuck anymore. And uh, it's this bad, bad humor. Oh, very bad humor. Wow. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, Dee Dee's name is Mrs. Tipton, but uh, I prefer calling her, her Dee Dee. Um, Allison looks on as Leaf is flirting with another girl from another school. She's not happy. Her death stare is interrupted by the handyman, Bob, who offers to carry her bag. A lot of characters at this camp, huh, Charlie? 
Yes. And that that was the first of a few kind of like cheap scares too. Well, just, there's there's very little reason for him to all of a sudden just pick out this one girl. No one's getting their bags carried. And he just like pops behind the main character and, you know, growls. And that's George Buck Flower, who uh, was in the Wilderness Family series. And a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of B-movies, right? Yeah, Tom? Yeah. He's ah. in uh, Capture of Bigfoot, I believe. Nice. In, mm, in the, right. shock, the shock stable. But he's been in, he's been in hundreds of things. Shock, yeah. So, I mean, they, they kind of are following the camp, you know, the camp or uh, high school you know, slasher movie where there's always a weird handyman or janitor, you know, which mm-hmm. by this time, I guess, was already a cliche. Yeah, but they do it with way too much knowing humor, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, no, nothing's pure about it. It's, 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 yeah, like you say, it's phoned in. It, it feels like, and when you look at the credits, there's some big mega corporation or, I don't know, some, some financing company that was like, how can we make money real quick? Yeah. And they're like, make one of these teen movies and that's not coming from the right place. So Allison's popping some pills to deal with her stress. She's got some major psychological uh, problems. It turns out she's going to be rooming with Corey, the mascot. Um, now all the girls immediately, <laughs> all the girls are sunning themselves on the rocks by the river. Uh, the sheriff is watching with his binoculars. Timmy, <laughs> Timmy's watching. He's dressed up as a woman who's, like, there to catch um, butterflies, I think, right? Does he have, like, a butterfly catching? Yeah. Oh, and- yeah. <laughs> There's so much spying going on. And did he bring with him to camp in his, like, one small luggage an entire outfit? Uh, that fit him, a dress that fit him, and the butterfly net and the hat and everything. I'm going to be needing this Apparently. for when I'm spying on the ladies. So Just in case. There's some major queen bee um, competition going on between these women, uh, these girls. One of them uh, is topless, and and um, and so another one, one of them removes her top. In this, yeah. in this back and it's forth. It's a classic showdown. It's a topless sunbathe off. It's, it's <laughs> like it's like the the two gunfighters in in a Wild West movie, but the, instead they're like, "You want to get naked? I'm going to get naked." The only winners are the viewers of the movie, really, and uh, <laughs> it's the also the only reason it happens. It, it's, <laughs> but I guess you got to give give the filmmakers points for being yeah. this shame. It is sleazy though. It's, it's not like on a, right. in a real. A real movie where you're like, oh, that looks like a real girl who would be at a camp. It's like, oh, that's like a uh, professional yeah. old racy model. Yes, it totally is. So then Timmy's cover is blown, uh, and the girls don't even mind so much that this giant, disgusting guy is spying on them. They they tear off his dress, and he dives into the water. Um, <laughs> yeah, that looks so unsafe. <laughs> Did you guys think that? Yeah, no. it's like one foot. It's like one foot deep, and that's the first of a few instances in this movie where I feel like they might have pressured that kid, that you know, that young actor, into doing stuff that was insane. Because I don't know how much of a stuntman he had for some of that stuff, but he's throwing himself around like crazy, yeah. and it's not doesn't feel good because it feel you know I can just imagine behind the scenes possibly he was forced to do that junk. Now, uh, after the handyman chastises the sheriff for spying on the girls, um, we get another dream from Allison. This time, yeah, Charlie. I'm sorry. No, no, I got to no, point no. out this one thing. Well, <laughs> so the handyman is, is standing behind the sheriff, right? Yeah. Tom, this might be something you picked up on. 
you know, the sheriff's like, hey, what are you, you know, what are you doing here anyway? He turns around and the handyman yeah. has disappeared as if he's a ghost, right? He he disappeared after a few words of dialogue. Yeah, you're right. And it, the it sheriff was, was like confused as to where he went. Right. It was almost as if he imagined it. Of all yeah. the the things going on in this movie to, to introduce that it was reminding me of cage terror where there's some disappearing things yeah, you're and right, yeah. they had a music cue for it too and i think they had a music cue here as well where you're like okay if if he pops in up and appears somebody that's one thing but if he's actually disappearing in an amount of time that's impossible <laughs> what are they so saying? much is going on <laughs> anyway no, no, that, was, that was weird that's a good point it was worthy of an interjection good work so, um, Allison has a dream. This time it's a blonde, about the blonde girl that, that Leif Garrett had shown interest in. She dreams that the girl is dead in a cabin. But, um, also, but then she wakes up and goes to the cabin and the girl's actually dead. Right. And Allison's at the scene of the, the death. And then everyone shows up. And no one questions that Allison is there with the dead girl. It's all immediately assumed suicide. Charlie. This is the moment at like the sleepover when you rented this where everyone would say like, would say, huh? Yes. <laughs> and, and you wouldn't be happy. I mean, you'd be Nothing. okay because you'd be at home and the VCR would be playing and you'd have treats. But otherwise, it just, it's not a pleasant tricking of the audience. It's not clever. No. It's just, it's just why. Tom. She should have, Oh, anyway, Tom, you got from, yeah. From this point, you like nothing makes sense, right? Like the the normal progression of of logical, like narrative, would have some sort of, you know, police involvement. It would have some sort of, like the camp is is like on edge. People are scared, and the reaction here is like. Let's hide the body and not <laughs> and, tell anybody. And go on with our lives. Yeah. Go on with our lives. And we just have to like, you know, the the Tipton like gives a speech to like the camp, like, you know what? You know, she was troubled. You know, you gotta like pull yourselves together. Like it's so illogical what happens after that. Great news, Tom. Uh I've got that that speech queued up right here. Let's listen to what Tipton has to say. I'd like to talk about the tragedy that happened today. Why suicide? Success can breed it. Too much, too little, not having it all. Even though Susie had everything to live for, personal demons terrorized her soul. Demons. There are unfortunately those few of us who are too unstable. Don't let this child's unfortunate choice dampen your own spirit. Be strong, my pretty, and sleep tight. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I just well, there's so much going on here. I like how uh, yeah the personal demons. Uh, triggered something in Allison. That's great. But yeah. what is going on with this performance uh, for the DD character? This oh, it's hard the worst acting, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, if you have a heightened reality which they seem to touch upon now and again, yeah. not enough to be good or consistent. 
you could sometimes do that, and then the whole thing would sort of be a satire of teen, you know, obsession with cheerleading or having misplaced values. The whole thing is kind of a, a satire of the um, the way American teenagers live, but they're not consistent about it at all. It's just enough to confuse you a lot of times. <laughs> exactly. Like, is, is why is she acting like that? Or you know, is it a comment on the other '80s horror camp, like teen movies that have come, or you know, or the way American teens live, or is it just confusing? It's really just a little bit of it, of everything and confusing. Yes. Oh, Sometimes it, it, it's like a jock movie. Sometimes it's like a teen make you know showing how teens have a lot of pressure. Sometimes it's actual horror, but um, yeah. I I mean, it is a little bit of a heightened reality, and you have to kind of accept that it's not the way that the camp is run and the way that like. The, they're the extras when they go away or they don't act like real people there's all this stuff that's just not real it's and a mess one thing I, yeah and one thing that's weird here too is that why does allison go to this girl's room yeah there's yeah. so many questions we should reveal who the killer is first right can we tom yeah, I think we okay. can. Cool. We should probably warn people for like just just right now, like I'm doing, well, is just a little warning. But. We're gonna tell you what happens, but we always do. So, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Corey, the mascot, is the killer, I guess. But yes. I mean, so she, it could, but uh, so she killed this so girl much. because was she setting up Allison from day one, and why, Charlie? Until the very end, it seems like. She likes Allison. She has every reason to like Allison. And she is killing anyone who's mean to Allison or a threat. So Mm -hmm. does she only want to get back at Allison or does she have gripes against these people? It changes as the movie goes. (laughs) (laughs) But she is angry about being a mascot. She doesn't like being a mascot. I think so. And perhaps, I mean, you would think as you watched it, when Allison was so nice to her, that maybe her anger would have subsided a bit. And she would think, man, at least like the head cheerleader is totally nice to me. But uh, uh, I don't know. I guess she she does not get over it. But she does seem to want to help Allison. And uh, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I feel like they didn't even know until they filmed the end of the movie. And then they were like, you know what? Let's make Corey be the killer. You know? I I think they knew that. I think they knew that um, Sleepaway Camp had huge success by its, its trick ending. And, and, of course, there's a Friday the 13th sort of jump thing, jump scare. So they wanted to have a big ending like that. And, you know, I was just thinking now, I'm sorry I'm talking so much today, but... Um, <laughs> That's why we're here. It's a podcast. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what if Corey gave Allison, like, an extra... This would be off-camera. She gave Allison like a shot or an extra medicine so she would go into a deep sleep, like fever dream kind of thing. And then she went off and did like the killing because it seems or either that or she's just waiting until Allison is having a nap and a nightmare. And then she goes and does these things. Yeah, I guess so. Because it's it's some darn good timing, you know, but yeah, what throughout co- the whole movie, what got Allison to go to that room, Tom? What? She just that's just yeah. random. That's that make that, that that's what makes no sense that her dreams are somehow coinciding you know, with someone coinciding else with murdering the, with the killings. Yeah, yeah. and it, that's it, the first of many times that she doesn't. It really makes no sense. She's like psychically connected with Corey somehow. <laughs> we we have to talk a lot about her going to drink the milk when that comes up. Okay. Oh man, that's so like good. a lot. 
All right. I'm. I'm. I'm hopefully, it's in my notes. Uh, but let me know if I skip it. So, oh, continuing, continuing with bad taste. Um, right after that scene where Dee Dee gives her speech, Timmy shows his video of the naked girls to Leaf, and including the girl who just died is <laughs> one of the naked ones that they're they're like salivating over in their room, Charlie. And they did the thing where they didn't even try to make make uh, the footage look like it's from the angle. No, it's from the Timmy angle of the it's movie the makers. Exact <laughs> same cuts from the movie on thirty five millimeter. Thirty five millimeter. <laughs> edited in the same way as the movie. It's not even like outtakes or you know a different take. And that's lazy. I mean, if I were making a movie in middle school, I would have. Pro- probably been like i don't know maybe shouldn't we like take the camera over there yeah i know or film it on on vhs yeah it would have been cheap you know it wouldn't have been expensive to do that now uh we get to see allison and Corey having a boring conversation about life but despite it being boring i'm gonna play it for you right now let's listen (laughs) you you're pretty popular you have a great boyfriend others are prettier I'm pretty is just a good accident. I don't know how many real friends I have, but way less than popular. And the greatness of my boyfriend is debatable. Allison, you're one of the best cheerleaders in the state. No big deal, Corey. Others are better. Well, they don't have what you have. <laughs> Lucky for them. It's class, Allison, and you shouldn't doubt yourself. Just says I doubt myself. Ouch. <sighs> Keep brushing like that, and you're going to be bald. Oh, Corey. It's just that I get sick of the whole mess, you know? You're either in or you're out. A winner or a loser. Always on stage. Always be perfect. Sometimes I just want to be myself. Whatever that is. Ooh, that's heavy stuff, huh, guys? Yeah, I like I like melodrama, but this movie might have a little too much, like, internal, you know, conflict with yes. Allison character sometimes. Yeah, uh, for sure, for yeah. sure. It gets it wrong in every way, for yeah. pretty, pretty much. And it's not just like, it, it. later on, I don't know if you have it queued up, but later on she gets into like, you know, after we graduate or finish, you know, whatever it is they're doing, like we have to start making like real life decisions and I don't know, you know, what I want to be and like it, it's it's too much. It's too heavy. Yeah, that's not what we want. We you, you want like more fun melodrama between the characters, not like this internal, the heavy internal strife. Right. You're totally right. So then uh, Allison sees a bloody version of herself in the mirror. Uh, again, not fun to watch. <laughs> uh, but uh, luckily, we do have something to look forward to, and it's the rap song by by Leaf Garrett and Timmy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Through this song, um, oh, the, a lot's going on. The the groundskeeper is inadvertently spraying himself with water because he's distracted by the girls. Remember that, guys? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's I just terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, let's listen to some uh, before we play it, though, Charlie. Oh yeah, you know, before we get play this, the characters here, um, Brent, the main character, the Leaf Garrett guy, so unlikable. Honestly, yeah. I gotta yeah. put him on the unlikable shot characters list so high up there i mean he is he is mean to to his girlfriend he thinks he's funny when he's not um he he's uh, annoying on screen i i had it on when uh Teresa was in the room she was just like oh that guy you know he's so <laughs> it, it really does make you you know almost want to stop watching the movie he's and i feel like the filmmakers yeah. 
wanted you to think he was a cool dude. Like he's a, he's the guy you're supposed to want to be or something. And when they impose that on you as a viewer, you just want to rebel against it. And, yeah. Absolutely. Timmy's actually likable by comparison. He like oh, tries so to help, much. help out and I hated Timmy a little less this time through. I gotta be honest. I yeah. I despised him the first time, but he's got. Uh, although I don't know what we'll get to it, but right before he dies, <laughs> what was he doing? We'll talk yeah. about it then. Let's listen to the Raptor. Poor decisions. Nick is ham. She comes out with a fam, and we'll tell you this: she ain't no sham. Nick is funny. She acts kind of funny. It hurts. Yeah, that's real bad. But uh, I don't mind. It, it, it's it's one of the less annoying moments of the, mo- of the movie. <laughs> but yeah. you you just like th- this is like them practicing. You know, it's it's so terrible. Like there's they don't do anything organized or uh, you know official in terms of like a routine or anything that they're like <laughs> doing they're just like dancing and the, <laughs> rapping it makes no sense yeah and, and the the comedy of the groundskeeper dealing with the hose is just so dumb i hate that uh, yeah imagine if someone had that was it written it couldn't have been yeah. so it it it, the, yeah, really on the God, set, someone's like, "Hey, I could maybe uh, pretend that I'm like overwhelmed by the girls, and you know." And then they, ha ha, and, and they're like, "Yeah, just yeah. do it." You know, can you do it in two minutes? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got a hose here. You know what? Oh, that is tough. Next, we get to see all the mascots training in the art of eating food with your mask on, which is so, like, uh, uh, so dumb, so, so dumb. It's too unbelievable to be funny. Yes, exactly. Uh, there's, you know, and then we see that Corey's frustrated. So I guess they are building upon the Corey character, you know, uh, on that she's got some gripes. Uh, next, Allison notices that the chef is wearing a cheerleader's necklace. Then she goes into the walk-in fridge, yes. drinks some milk yes. out of a bottle. Now, what's what's exciting about that? Uh, what oh, did I miss? Oh, <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> well, first off, she she's just wandering around and. Anyone at a camp would go into the main dining hall to get something. Uh huh. She goes in this back screen door where the the guy's carving up the the ribs, the meat, and she says, "You guys have any soda here?" You know who do, who goes in the back door of the kitchen to get a soda? So then he gestures over there, and and then it looks like this. She goes into the deep freezer, which yeah. is where they would put the the body to keep it cold more than right. the fridge and. So it's in the freezer. Then and there's a milk in the deep freezer for some reason that is like <laughs> half open. And are we supposed to buy that this teenager who was thirsty for a soda <laughs> just starts chugging the milk from the thing and then spilling it on herself and you know just uh, chugging it like a wild man would in final exam. <laughs> and then no through, through these unbelievable physics things, the body just tumbles off the top rack, which she didn't even really touch it. And it, it 
so many things went on there that it was one after another. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Yeah. I don't buy that. <laughs> so it turns out, uh, as we mentioned, Dee Dee um, couldn't be bothered with the, the corpse. So she just threw it in the freezer and did not report that one of the, the, the children that she's in charge of was dead. She <laughs> She's too busy. So um, Allison calls the sheriff who shows up to investigate. Um. And what what does Dee Dee do to deal with this? She seduces the sheriff. She gets into a cheerleader's outfit and um does some some cheers and he pretends he's a uh, he's a football player, you know, that he's going in to score a touchdown and and uh, it's yet another unpleasant scene. Horrible. <laughs> Charlie. I, I do you guys think that um it seems they've done this before and that she knew that she could get away with you know, she, when the yeah, police, cheerleaders yeah. are dying on on her watch all the time, and yeah. <laughs> she she just sleeps with the guy to deal with but, the, the repercussions. Like her explanation, right to him, is that she just you know she she was gonna report it after the competition was done, right? That's right. what she yeah. says. She's, yeah, she had to get days. through this a few days, and it, which turns out to be like the next day, it's over. But but. Like what? What is she getting out of any of this, right? Like what, the end of it is—it's not like there's like a ceremony with like TV cameras and it's like gonna further her career. It's like, it's like mm. an applause meter uh, competition inside of a lodge that she's drunk. It doesn't make any sense. Like what? The, yeah, they yeah. treat it. They treat it like it's gonna be in a huge stadium, you know, a jam-packed stadium, yeah. and you know we. But it's just a lodge with with the 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 only audience is the other competitors. No judge, no, <laughs> no judges, judge. no professional no. people there who could <laughs> offer you, or no scholarship, you know, granting people, nothing like that. She does say she needs the job. That's the only thing they try to explain it by. But I don't know. I mean, you, you need the job, but you're only going to be able you, you to stay for like two more days until you report. The murder, then you're going to get in trouble anyway. So yeah. it only bought you two more days of <laughs> competition uh, stewardship. So, so Timmy, Timmy, of course, is right outside the window videotaping um, the romantic escapades between Dee Dee and the sheriff. Then we get to see Allison creep into the handyman's shed, um, and she hides as he comes in. And I have no idea why she's in there or why the scene exists, but. It no. filled filled up a little time, I guess, huh, Charlie? D- there's a chance maybe she's going into like Nancy Drew mode, and she she suspects a little bit, but it's it's just a guess because it doesn't it's not implicit. Let's yeah. listen to um, Allison and the mascot girl just talk about life a little bit more. I I haven't had my fill yet. Sounds a thousand miles away. Besides, we can't go. We've got a contest to win. Remember? Now you're talking about winning. Are you really sure that's what you want? Wish I could be more certain. Is it for me or is it for the people who are telling me what I should be doing? You know what's scary? We're going to be out in the real world soon. Who do you win for out there? We've got to be sure what we're doing is what we want to be doing. Because before we figure out who wants what, a person could go crazy. Well, there's more than one way to be a winner. I think one of those ways has to do with the good friends you meet along the way. Friends. You really mean that? I'm sure about it. 
That's nice. Another way of winning is for you to bag that mascot title. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, that's so sweet. They're friends. Um, what a shame that all the while Corey is setting up Allison for uh, killing spree. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I do not get it. Yeah. So okay. So um. <laughs> so what's next? At at a meeting, the headmistress Dee Dee is about to show a video to everyone, but um, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Timmy sneaks the his video into the uh, VCR, and uh, lo and behold, it's the video of of what's it called? Um, of the two of them having their little uh, tryst, and everyone thinks that's funny. So that's a, a great moment of hijinks. It's it's like a Porky's like I, you know, I say that, and I've never actually watched Porky's. It's like what I imagine one of those uh, <laughs> '80s teen sex camp what wacky comedies have. You know, that, that there's always something like that, especially as video technology was getting cheaper and more people had it. Mm-hmm. They I think Revenge of the Nerds has something plots. like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's totally. always some kind of little, somebody videotaping somebody. So after that, Leaf Garrett and Allison have a talk where Allison expresses her concerns about the relationship. Leaf kisses her, then suggests they go somewhere private, but Allison isn't up for it, which leads to a fight. Um... Leaf is just a jerk, too. Oh, my God. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It gets worse later. Uh, Timmy and Leaf then discuss what seems to be the matter with Allison. Timmy suggests she needs attention. Leaf says he needs attention. So there's the moment where Timmy becomes a little bit more likable. He's like, you know, human at least. Right, Tom? Yeah, I mean, he's it's like the only rational thing anyone has said. He's like, well, maybe you should pay attention to your girlfriend. Like, oh, screw that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, he actually is, is the best actor, too, probably, Timmy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now and again, he goes into kind of a nice a nice mode or says something to somebody, and I thought, wow, that felt like a real movie for a second. He was pretty good. Although we did nominate uh, Allison for Best Actress. Wow. We did. We and the, the only reason was for her beauty, which was probably kind of bad of us. Sorry. That's, and that... In retrospect, like I she's not really that attractive, and she's a terrible actress. Like, what, <laughs> well, what were we she's got to assert something. No, she's, she does not. She's very <laughs> boring. <laughs> Great news, guys! It's time for a horrible dream sequence uh, <laughs> where all the mascots cheer on Leaf and one of the other girls in bed together, which which drives Allison crazy. Now, next day at the practice, there's tension between Allison and the others, so they all go swimming. Uh, Leaf is giving another girl a massage, which doesn't go over well with Allison. He and the other girl start kissing in a more private area. And um, in a moment, now we're going to listen to them discussing whether he actually has feelings for her, uh, this other cheerleader girl that Leaf is now having a little uh, moment with. Mm. No. What? I don't want this to be a one time thing. I mean, do you really care for me? But you flit around like a butterfly, and now you're all talk, is that it? Hmm? Maybe I am. But maybe I'm not. But you don't want to break the string now, is that it? <laughs> maybe I am. 
but maybe I'm not. It's quite a metaphor or a simile, whatever, whatever they got going there. Heavy I, don't even, I don't even really know where they were going with that. It made no sense. So much of the conversations in this movie just go around in circles, leading nowhere. It's amazing. So she hears a noise in the bushes. Leaf is annoyed and just leaves. She's got to walk through the woods alone. She gets, um, and she ends up with hedge clippers rammed from the back of her head through her mouth. So I guess Corey did that. Huh, Tom? I mean, that's that's the only conclusion that we can come up with. I'd kind of like to watch it again. I don't really want to, but I kind of like to watch it again and see where is Corey at that time and see if it's uh, feasible. Consistent. But. Yeah, I feel like it's not consistent. I think that you could come up with a theory that there's multiple killers in this movie, Charlie. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I don't, I don't think we're supposed to think that. But um, for some of the scenes, she's not part of the group, like the sunbathing things, right? Mm-hmm. She she's not there. It seems, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, yeah, wow, wouldn't that be amazing if only like the the filmmakers really knew that there was like one, there were one or two murders that the cook did. Yeah, it just it's just it was a perfect storm. All right, so time for another horrible dream sequence. This time she's in her cheer outfit in the woods walking with an evil look on her face. She approaches the girl who's just killed, kissing Leaf and slashes her with pom-poms. She awakens to see Corey in her mascot uniform waking her up. So here we have again, Allison is dreaming of the murders that uh, we, I guess Corey is actually doing. And right. is there some sort of psychic connection, Tom? Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. All you have to do, right, they're roommates, right? All you have to do is have Allison wake up and say, Corey, I had this terrible dream in which, you know, I killed someone with pom-poms and there was all the mascots there, you know, and then, like, Corey, like, acts it out. Like, it's so easy to do that. Instead, they they don't, and we have to have a psychic connection to explain anything. And dream mm. sequences are bad anyway. Just cut them all out. Oh, yeah. it, it feels like they were they were trying for like ten to like eighteen percent art too. Yes, and art is which a can hurt in this one. It's kind of like fa- failed failed comedy mixed with failed art. Oh, bad things. Let's listen to Corey's trying to stop Allison from taking more pills. No more pills, Allison. That's none of your business, Corey. Maybe not, but you've got problems and you can talk about them to your friend. I don't have any friends. But I'm still your friend. I mean, I'd like to be. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> How many words? That's like 20 words and three of them are friend in, in three different sentences. You could talk about your problems with your friends. I don't have any friends, but I'm still your friend. <laughs> so now um, it's time for the, the big competition, which we've hinted at is you think it's going to be at some sort of an arena, but it is at the, the living room of the of the lodge. <laughs> no stage. And the, the, no crowd. The handyman has like a key key <laughs> r- role to play to to be in charge of the entire like audiovisual presentation, right? <laughs> the uh the dancing mascots cause a- Allison to recall her recent nightmare in uh poor Allison. Uh Corey did not win the competition for best but- mascot and she's mad, huh Tom? I'm sorry, but this, the the competition. You'd think 
it cheerleading is you know a lot of it's like gymnastics it's like stunts it's it's like complicated you know things to do and this is like just this weird like dance like she was break dancing at one point <laughs> it has nothing to do with cheerleading you know it's just so it doesn't make any sense there's growing concern over where Pam is. She's been missing. She's she's the one who's dead out in the woods. So I mean, it seems at this point she's been missing six hours or so. It feels, Charlie. And by growing concern, you probably mean like twenty-five times in two minutes. They say, "Where's Pam? I I wonder where she's when she's gonna come back." Someone says, "Don't worry, she'll come back." Someone says, "But she hasn't come back yet. Don't worry, she'll come back." Where's Pam? Like, oh no. Let's listen to the pep talk before the big performance. Look, there's no way we can do this competition with one of us missing. No way, you guys. I once read this story about this choo-choo train. And well, if we, if we think we can, and we think we can, well we can. <laughs> yeah, sure, right. I don't know. Maybe she's right. Maybe we can pull us together without Pam. Maybe we can find the guts deep within inside of us to pull us through to victory. What do you say? Victory! 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 Let's do it! 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 I have no idea. Uh, first off, the horrible humor. That blonde girl, like the dumb blonde, is and every time they try to get humor out of her, it's bad. Uh, yeah. But then, like, Leaf, is Leaf being, is the character, is Leaf's character serious in his pep talk or is he being uh is he's supposed to be serious but he completely seems like he's faking it charlie yes that's exactly (laughs) right it's so it's so offensive because it's it's like insulting all movie pep talks and it's it's like pam is dead you know pam's missing and it just he immediately goes from there's no way we can do it to the blonde girl saying, what about the little engine who thought he could? And he's like, maybe she's right. And it's just like, oh, what are we watching? What, what difference would so it make if Pam was even there? Like, the, they don't have, like, a routine or anything. They're just, like, up there dancing, kind of. They're, like, swaying a little bit. It's nothing. Why did they do the rap earlier? That, was, that wasn't going to factor in at all in any shape or form. Yeah, their performance is... <laughs> <laughs> There's so much inconsistency among all the cheerleading groups too. There's some that are like in their full outfit doing poses. Then there's other ones that just look like they're they're casual and they're you know they're swaying to music or they feel like they're from different planets. It's so it really feels like they're just in a rush. Like just just do something quick. We're rolling. Just do something. So for the per- the performance is a mess, and Timmy trips oh. Timmy trips over the old man during the performance, knocking over the radio, and that just ends the show. And t- Timmy oh. thinks it's hilarious. He thinks it's so hilarious. <laughs> oh, and it's so it's just, so it just weird. Just, it's a thing that happened. It's not funny. It's just a thing that happened. And Leaf says, oh. "At least we tried." And it, it's so <laughs> it's so wrong and bad and. <laughs> And his fall was scary. This is another instance of the thing where it's like this huge guy just tumbling across a room and you're, as a viewer, you think, oh man, I hope he's not hurt. And then he's chuckling and I think, stop chuckling because it's not funny. And what was your routine anyway? Uh, Well, that's, you think back to the beginning, 
and the pressure they were putting on themselves <laughs> to this build up for this performance. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, we guess we tried. You know, we stood up there for about 15 yeah. seconds and didn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. All right. So now, now Leaf is trying to get the girls focused on the next event in the competition, but one of them snaps, and we are going to listen to that right now. All right, Teresa, let's go. How can we think about a stupid contest when Pam's not even here? Maybe she'll show up just in time. She'll show up. She'll show up. We keep saying that, mascot. She hasn't shown up. My, don't we have our undies in a bunch. Come on, girls. (laughs) Timmy. It's like we're dealing with a missing person, and Timmy has to make another horrible quip. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. All right, so inside, the girls are parading around like it's a weird beauty contest. Remember at that point, it's like this new competition where they're just walking. They're just walking around. Um, Also, it should be mentioned already, yeah, that uh, in my notes I wrote, it should be mentioned we're in the living room of a lodge. Charlie? Well, I know something else that should be mentioned. I hope Tom paid real close attention to this one. So the gang is getting in trouble for Timmy for tripping over the uh, handyman and kind of making a, a an embarrassment of the competition as if that were possible. But <laughs> Dee Dee is yelling at them. Timmy looks at her, right? Mm-hmm. Makes a little gun with his fingers and goes yes. like he shot. But they insert the sound of a laser <laughs> on the soundtrack that didn't yes. come from his mouth. Yes. And again, it's like cage terror with something that is, uh, there's, there's all these like film words that people use for, for things like this. I'm not going to use them, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like Bad. just completely from another planet. Yeah. And someone didn't think, or someone thought it would have been funny. And then it just went through the, through the, um, all the processes and got released but like how can a character make a laser sound and it happens and he shoots a laser with his fingers and then it's never mentioned and nothing else like it again it's just fun that's a good point notice yeah so the other thing i wanted to mention is just the uh the judging is based on the loudness of the applause of the other competitors (laughs) and that's it It, you know it's like it's like the What's Mrs. Tipton like walks over, you know, you know, she's like, Oh, what about what about this mascot? Everyone cheers. And, and then she's just like, Well, I guess this one was louder, so you win. <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable. And I, I think they're hinting that Mrs. Tipton Miss Tipton favored the other one over uh Corey because mm-hmm. Corey had a fight with her in the lunchroom that one day. Yeah. yeah. She had issues eating through her mask. Yeah, so that that very non-specific who who's clapping louder method yeah. allows for some manipulating of the system. Cost her the title. <laughs> so, so the the blonde girl who was referenced the little engine who could, uh, she wins this this weird competition. So that's nice. Uh, now there's a new wave band playing. Uh, Leaf lectures Allison on how she needs to work harder at winning. It's like this whole theme of winning. Is so vague and, and, and hit or miss and a waste, Charlie. Kind of like a foreigner wrote it, you know? Yeah, for like, sure. Like, it was like, hey, this is how 
American high school or college is. <laughs> is like, yeah. <laughs> and this is how cheerleaders are, but you just not really knowing. And at this around this time too, um uh I wanted to point out when Teresa goes outside, I think yep. because she doesn't want to be there for the queen competition. Yep. Her hair unbelievably tall. I mean, we are talking about I had to like pause the movie for a second, kind of tall. <laughs> Yeah, it's Sorry. uh it's it's a super 80s uh hairdo, very impressive. And and who booked this sort of punk, you said new wave. It is kind of new wavey, but also a little bit like punkish. Who booked them <laughs> for the cheerleading party? It's like they would have fought each other or <laughs> cheerleaders would not want to dance to this. It just feels like another thing that makes it feel like it's from another planet. So now I I kept mixing up the handyman and the chef, but one of them is asked by Dee Dee to keep an eye on the girls who went outside. When he's alone, he goes on a brief righteous speech uh, to no one about how he's happy to keep an eye on, on these girls who have too much exposed flesh. Just, uh, I guess, for re- the sake of having a red herring, I guess. Yeah, yeah and, and, and for the sake of the audience, right? He's holding a flashlight yeah. on his face and flicking it on and off. Yeah. He's not scaring anybody. You know what? If, 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 at least if you're giving yourself, you know, talking out loud, people do that. They kind of like might voice their opinion, you know, more so in a movie than real life. But they probably don't do scary lighting effects on themselves, <laughs> not looking in the mirror out in the woods. Now one of the girls falls down a hill that seems flat. Um, she stops rolling right at the tree where Pam is. So it must be Teresa. Is it Teresa with a hair who, who does yeah, that? Okay. Teresa. And uh, Teresa talks to her for a little while before before realizing that she's dead. <laughs> Charlie, one one funny note here. I like the uh, I like this part. <laughs> I liked the music. I know we're saying we don't like anything. I like the music here. There was some kind of ominous like keys and like or organs or something. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. And yeah, I know I it's it. it's. Yeah, oh, cool, Tom. There's there's this cliche of talking to the dead person and then finding that they're dead, and I know it's not original, but for some reason here, I just felt like I was back in the era of having rented this movie, some nostalgia or something. I was happy at this moment. Moment of weakness for Charlie. I like, I like that, that she's, the assumption is that she's asleep. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, get up. What are you doing there? Like, like shoved in between two trees napping <laughs> with no blanket on a cold night yeah so she teresa runs to the street where a large van chases her and crushes her against a tree and somehow it's not just any van though is it's it the, the van? van okay i yeah. didn't yeah it, it didn't yeah. dawn on me at the time so uh, Corey has somehow figured out she's like all right teresa's gonna roll down there I'll hop in the van and run her down. She's going to run into the woods and happen to be right near this dirt road. And, you know, death by van is like the last choice when someone's running around in the woods. I know. <laughs> so, so so Corey had to sneak off, take the van away, and get it back with no one noticing. Just keep that in mind, everybody. And clean it up, too, and like fix any damage that might have happened. Because they even opened the hood later on, and there's no sign that, that this, this vehicle was used in that. Mm-hmm. All right, so now Timmy and the blonde girl who won the contest, do we know her name? Uh, Bonnie. Bonnie, are having a grand time. Her he- name is Bonnie. Oh, sorry, That's, you can remember from <laughs> Oh, the, uh, okay, yeah. He has. She's funny. He has a hat with four beers in it, 
connected to straws. So maybe they are in college. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it would seem that Didi wouldn't allow. But Didi, who knows? But it oh, Didi allows. Anything. Yeah, Didi allows. Yeah. I mean, we. All right. So they're having a good time at the party. Uh, Leaf finds Corey and Allison and suggests that they call off the search. <laughs> just just wait till morning. And uh, the chef or handyman tells them to go back inside. So inside, Timmy's guzzling some booze. Oh, yeah, because he wants to talk to a pretty cheerleader. So mm-hmm. he, we watch him. He, he downs tons of booze and then still doesn't know what to say, so decides he's just going to kiss her. And she's into it. And then he carries her out of the party, uh, presumably, the- <laughs> presumably to get intimate. But at first she's not, which makes it all the more illegal and wrong. Yeah. It's just like all this stuff going on. Why couldn't they have just made it that she was like, okay, and then they kissed? Why does he have to force himself? This is another decision that, that made it as bad as it could be right there. Very unpleasant to watch. Yeah, you feel bad. Right. So now let's listen to this dialogue. Now at the party, um, they're still arguing about whether they should be searching for these girls. I like the way the line, two of our girls are missing. Let's listen to this. Now, two of our girls are missing. You've got to do something. I am doing something. What is that, dancing while our girls disappear? Is that it? She can't function. I'm calling the sheriff. That's good stuff. There's a lot of fun intonations that, that are just a little bit off throughout the whole movie. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, Dee Dee's drunk, and she doesn't care. She, uh, you know, she didn't care about the one suicide. What is she going to care about other missing girls? Um, Leaf doesn't want Allison to call the sheriff for fear that he'll be a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> totally out of the blue. Yeah. I'll be the prime suspect. Oh. Allison admits that for all she knows, she's the killer. <laughs> Which, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, I've dreamt about every murder that happened magically. Uh, but I could see myself doing that. <laughs> so she calls the sheriff. Uh, Dee Dee goes on a drunken search for the girls. And uh, she she's killed, I guess. Dee Dee's mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, wow. Well, she gets she gets the uh, cleaver in her back, and then she staggers. Oh yeah, we see her wounded again. Back yeah. to camp. The sheriff's half asleep, drinking in his car when he gets the radio call about an issue at camp. He doesn't believe it's a missing person, but rather a bunch of kids humping in the woods. But he heads heads over there anyway. Uh, Timmy comes into the party with a bloody hand that he shows to the others. This is his way of showing them that one of their friends is dead outside, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you had been stumbling around with that uh, that other cheerleader and found uh, I don't know which one, uh, Teresa maybe. Yes. Or yeah, yeah. And he's just like, hey guys, what's up? What? Here's like my bloody hand. Bad taste on the part of Timmy and and the filmmakers, both people. It's like, what are you thinking, Charlie? He didn't. Yeah, he didn't even need to. He could have wandered in in a, in a dazed state, and it yeah. would have been like, you won't believe what I just found. But right. when he found her, the extent that he would have to touch her with that hand to get that yeah. much blood that so they showed. So bloody. It's so unbelievable that you're just confused. Really yeah. weird. The, the general reaction to people discovering death, you know, or anybody that's dead, it's it's none of it is is realistic you know like there's no nobody is like scared like almost ever until like the very end when they announce like there's 
a, a killer or something. You know, no nobody like reacts normally. It's very weird. The whole yeah. movie is very weird. All it right. can sometimes be good, but not here. Not here. Yeah, you're totally right. So the uh, they go out to look for the body. Timmy looks to the heavens and says, "No more surprises <laughs> tonight, okay? I want to get this thing. I want to get out of this thing alive." <laughs> Oh, talk about left field. I, I mean, it's enough, again, to be confusing because he's never hinted that he would pray or anything. You can't, at this point in the movie, just introduce something like that. Oh, Timmy is just despicable. And you know what else I noted here, guys? I don't know if you felt this, but since the contest is over, I, I put a note down that I feel like the movie should almost be over right now. But there's still a lot to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's already been a, there's a lot of people being killed. the the con- The main contest is over. It's gonna drag for a while here. Yeah. So and you- uh, you know, a lot of people will say, "Oh, it's got all these kills in this movie," but when they're all like confusing and you know, we we don't really care about just kills in a movie. It has to be you know entertaining and good, and you're happy while you're watching it. So Dee Dee's still that. alive. Right. She goes to Allison for help and dies in her arms with an axe in her back. Allison holds the murder weapon. Could this uh, cause her to be a suspect? We'll have to wait and see. Corey comes to soothe Allison, telling her it's not a nightmare. Meanwhile, the party is raging inside until Leaf comes to the mic. And let's listen. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) Let's listen to what he says right here. Stay calm, but one of our girls... It's been murdered, all right? Let's just get out of here alive. What? Don't panic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's funny. Within seconds, everyone but the main characters are gone. <laughs> just like that. It's hilarious. It's it's like an airplane when uh yeah. When Leslie yeah. Nielsen says, "Like, uh, uh, does anyone here know how to fly a plane?" You know, <laughs> yeah, P- punching each other out. I did they establish for a second that everyone had a car right out front? I feel like we've seen that area in multiple shots, and there were no bunch of cars. Like everyone drove their car to this party, not in like the lot where you would park when you arrived at camp. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and and, that and then they're no all sense. just gone. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's classic low budget to get rid of your extras and also you know simplify the story and the ending. But uh, it's like yeah, it's like airplane. That's right. It's <laughs> so zany. So now Leaf is running around the grounds. He trips over Dee Dee before finding Corey and Allison. They meet Timmy and another girl at the van. Who who is it? Is that um D- Donna? No, the blondie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Corey, Corey's still with them. Yeah, whatever. Whoever it is, who cares? But, but <laughs> it won't. The uh, the van won't start because someone cut the wires. This is the prize for coming in last place. Timmy quips. Oh, Timmy. Uh, oh, and then you you can't. They, <sighs> there was apparently off screen talk about the reliability of the van. Oh, because. Because Brent says, you didn't fix this thing? And then Timmy says, I'm not a miracle worker or something like that. And then he says, hood. So yeah. we're supposed to just have known that the thing had mechanical problems or something. You, you can't. 
resolve a fight that happened off screen <laughs> at a moment like this and have it be fun for the audience, you know? And yeah. first off, you shouldn't have a van that was perfectly reliable not start in the moment when it's um, needed right. without hinting. You just got to hint. You just got to lay one seed that, oh, it's on the fritz. I'll buy it. Let's listen right. to uh, some good lines here. We got to walk out of here. It's at least 40 miles. You got a better idea? What about the killer? We can't stay here. You know, I'm starting to feel like the little kid at camp. I want to go home and I want my mom. I want my mom too. Let's settle then. Let's go. Oh, Timmy. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. So I wonder what the math would be on forty a 40-mile walk for these guys in, in their like little cheerleading uh, shoes. It would take them to, yeah, three, <laughs> three days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now um, as they try walking the 40 miles to town, Timmy starts filming them and interviewing them um, lightheartedly about what's happening. And then the handyman shoots a... I mean, for Tom, did that drive yeah. you crazy or what? Yeah, it was, it was, a, little, it was a little much. You know, he said he's trying to lighten the mood or something. It's but such bad taste. No, oh, yeah. In every way. No one way. is like scared appropriately or ever... Ever re- no one ever reacts appropriately to the situation. So then the handyman shoots a warning shot and tells him to go away. And then now Timmy, for some reason, <laughs> places the camera on a tree stump and starts mm. talking to it and then starts unzipping his pants. What What is going on, Charlie? He is just, he's a joker. <laughs> he, he, you know, is obsessed with using the, the camera. And, uh, there are multiple dead bodies. Someone yep. is killing off his friends, and he's 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 flashing the camera for some reason. All right. So, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> the rest of them make it to the van. Leaf goes back for Timmy, but only finds the camera. They they go in to watch the video. <laughs> On it, yeah. we see the moment after Timmy starts unzipping. That's when he gets a machete to the groin. What the heck? With with a nice close up somehow, <laughs> In, intercut into the footage. <laughs> yeah, this is insane. Uh, now the whole gang sets up some kind of trap for the killer. The uh, Charlie, right there when you said that, that that's where one of our favorite lines happened. Uh, Brent says, oh, "Oh my God, there's so much going on. There's too much going on." At some point, it's just kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny because as you're as a viewer, you're like, "This movie is in." is out of control and not in a good way. <laughs> but then Brent runs and he says that. So <laughs> then the, the sheriff walks into the trap. Thank God it's over, one of them says, before they realize they killed the wrong man. Uh, Leaf grabs a weapon and runs outside. He tries to kill the handyman but, but misses. The handyman tries to kill Leaf but is shot by Corey, who's amazing. Uh, but the handyman's not There's dead. so much killing right there. Handyman's not you dead. Know? Corey shoots yeah. him again before he can shoot them. Uh, just thank like God. The, <laughs> there's actually a set piece in a way where they go into the room, they use a bear trap or something, they're mm-hmm. placing the trip wire, there's all this, and then all of a sudden walks in the room, ah, dead, go outside. Another confrontation, another guy to kill, dead. Yeah, there's a lot. Not really dead. Then he comes back to life, shot again, dead. <laughs> Back, Sorry, in, back, in, back inside, Allison's freaking out as she stares at the dead sheriff. Dreams, nightmares, don't do this to yourself, she says, before Leaf shows up and comforts her. 
Okay, so now they're all pretty happily convened by a fire in the lodge, enjoying some drinks. <laughs> Leaf sends Corey and the queen, um, the, the queen meaning the blonde girl, out to call the authorities so, so that he can get intimate with Allison. <laughs> this is insane. This is completely insane. She asks, he, she asks what's wrong with him, and, and he says, do you have a better way to celebrate, which is just completely insane. This, no. <laughs> this guy no this guy was already unlikable but uh now he's he's come to a whole new whole new lo- level with this this is this is nuts charlie how much do you hate this guy ah oh, it, it is unbelievable i mean that he is insane and in at this moment you're trying to figure out who the killer is so you know yeah. you wonder if they want his insanity to be part of the red herringness but really it's just that he's he's like an 80s you know, spoiled Brad, you know, jock type jerk guy. Right. Who who looks around 40 years old, we should note. Yeah. Um, so now Corey comes to break that up, and um, then she talks to Allison about how she thinks Leaf is the killer. Let's listen to that right now. I never should have left you alone with him. What are you talking about? Don't you see, Allison? He was just attacking you. Now I know that he was the one out there who was trying to kill me. No, Corey, that's not true. I wish it wasn't. I really liked Brent. But we've got to stop him before he kills Bonnie. Corey, that's insane. What are you talking about? The killer is Brent. Here. And we've got to stick together on this. It's the only way we're going to get out of this alive, all right? Oh, come on. So, um... Corey's totally setting up uh, Allison right here, but um, it, it works out well for her case that Brent was, uh, you know, being so aggressive towards her. So yeah. now, now Leaf's at the phone standing over uh, Bonnie, who is dead. But I guess Corey killed Bonnie ahead of time. But Leaf is standing rather casually over this uh, yet another dead person. Yeah, <laughs> And not really doing anything. He's just, just standing like, there. We just hang out here. <laughs> Corey leads Allison to shoot Leaf. Um, and now Corey, it turns out Corey was setting up Allison the whole time. She couldn't deal with just being a mascot, I guess. <laughs> and now it says, if Allison, I, I just wrote, if Allison was a killer, why didn't she kill Corey while they were waiting for the authorities? But the detective never considers that. He immediately buys Corey's story. And they um, they they send um, Allison away uh, guilty. It, it just so like um, they didn't they didn't put a lot of work into this movie. It seems is the, no. <laughs> the moral of the story. So uh, Tom, give us your overall review. I you know I always try to find the good in in things. There's some nice moments here and there, uh, but they're they're kind of few and far between. Like some of the dialogue is is kind of funny. Some of the uh, you know, Corey and uh, Allison, like life life lesson kind of things. And there's a few moments of Timmy that, that are kind of nice. But, I mean, overall, it's just it's just too ridiculous. and It's too uneven to uh, to appreciate. You can't appreciate it at, enough as a ridiculousness, and you can't appreciate it enough as serious. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't go far enough either way. Well said, Charlie. 
Yeah, um, it it doesn't have the can-do spirit or the underdog feeling that some movies have that you want to sort of root for. Yeah, it's a little like, gl- it's a little glossy even. Yeah, mm. and I, I, I at times I actually wrote down I like how it looks, and, and many times I do. Like when Corey and Allison are walking together, I don't like that the the talk that they're having, but just the way that it looks, you know, it's it's pretty nice and uh, it's easy an easy movie to watch, and I could see renting it back then and you know being reasonably okay with it it's just Mm. it's not a classic it has gotten way worse with time from a uh like a morality standpoint and a joke standpoint and and maybe style i guess too and uh it's hard to recommend it um the main thing that was good for us in a shock marathon is it's kind of easy to watch you know it's the lighting yeah. and, and also yeah. yeah the lighting and the sound pretty good and and uh you can kind of think oh who's the killer you know they 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 get that a little bit yeah i uh i bad taste is just what comes to mind from the movie like the filmmakers have bad taste the characters have bad taste uh the attempts at humor are so so bad in in so many moments it, it's it's really uncanny how uh how uh, Timmy's jokes uh, and I mean he's jokingly filming with them as they're escaping uh, a killer you know and all their friends just just died so yeah it, it, they it, probably did that whole thing just so they could do that one gag with the video camera where they find out they you see the killing later on the tape instead oh, yeah. of seeing it it's, you know and, that is and it's so weird why is he flashing it? the camera wow. he's flashing the camera Immediately after being attacked, you know, chased by an, uh, a killer, <laughs> on his for himself, his own camera. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, gonna want to see this yourself. later. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, th- and this is one of those movies that they didn't have a likable, a likable, like charming person. Anybody, Usually, every yeah. camp movie, yeah, there's always the guy who you're like, oh, he's an underdog. Everyone's picking on him. Mm-hmm. It just felt like no, everyone's like a. Pl- uh, like in real life, either like a drug addict or a playmate or something like you know they're they're yeah. too. It's you know no good taste like you said. Yeah. For, and in like, that way, it's it's the late eighties. It's from it's from eighty eight. I think is that right? Yeah, yes. yeah. And, it's so much of its era. And that's late eighties is usually not good. It's got a little bit of the gloss, and like Charlie said, it's got these um these these people it's not the the boy the girls the girl next door in a movie it's the the playmate next door that they they're paying to be in a movie and and that's not as charming so uh yeah that that's that's what's bad about the 80s bad taste and just like uh cynicism it, the whole movie feels a little cynical uh the dd mm-hmm. character is a great example of that too because she's just over the top and like they think they kind of think they're maybe making some sort of comment about something, but they don't even know. They don't even think long enough to, to figure out what that comment is, and it just it's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if if Timmy's the moral compass anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might be right. I mean, yeah. He's lost his status as moral compass. <laughs> it's got to be the little engine that could. She's the true moral compass in the movie, maybe. I guess so. Yeah. And uh, let's wrap this up. This could be our longest episode ever. Uh, um, <laughs> um, uh, shock memories. I guess I remembered Timmy getting stuck in the in the window. That was a ma- major memory. Uh, the movie, 
Yeah, it's about as bad as I remembered. You know, I remembered not liking it much, and I, I still didn't. There were a few, a few redeeming moments where I was like, oh, maybe not quite as bad as I remember, but also a few moments that I forgot were that were horrible. So I guess I stayed about, about even. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I didn't really remember much beyond the... Uh, the uh, the, the bathing on the rocks because <laughs> right, we have a picture of it on the book. We have a picture of it, yeah. That's the only thing that sticks out. When, but, yeah, every every dream sequence with the mascots and the, all the pom-poms flashing around, and it just uh, it just wears on you. You don't like it. Charlie, memories? Yeah, um, I, I think it went down in my estimation. Wow. Um, and my memories at the time were... That it was a little more, a little more fun and a little more innocent. It's more cynical than I remembered, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't remember much other than some of the Timmy stuff. Yeah, the sunbathing, and uh, I guess I might have remembered the rap because there's a whole, there's a whole <laughs> uh, study that one could make about the, this era. You had to have a rap in your movie. They knew the things you had to have. It's, it's like a, a foreigner who was mildly interested in, in American ways and said, oh, you have the rap. You have um, the, mm. this big guy who does the comedy. You have um, the handyman. He's a, a, a lewd, you know, he spies on the girls. Yeah. And it's but, just but like tone phoned deaf. in. Tone deaf in every way, yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, this movie, the dream sequences and all the psychobabble reminds me a lot of uh, Sorority House Massacre. Remember that one, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much. Very yeah. much. So, yeah. we're, we're on the same one, We'll have to, yeah, you'll, that's that's uh, preferable, Tom? Uh, in my memory, yes. We have to have to rewatch it. Well, <laughs> I was we will. so sleepy when we watched that one. Oh, I remember yeah. so little. Well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll do it next month um, for Tom and Ooh. Charlie. <laughs> this is Farley. We're back to back, unentertaining, uh, glossy psychobabble movies. Psychobabble. <laughs> nice. Uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll let you know what we do. Thanks for listening. For Tom and Charlie, this is Farley saying bye. <laughs>